Hey everyone, it's Daisha. I just got done participating in a transom traveling workshop, and it's this week-long immersive course that you can do. It goes through all of the phases of producing stories for radio, and it was freaking incredible. If you're interested in radio production or making podcasts, you should check out transom.org. They do these workshops in different cities all year, and they're not even paying me to say this. They're just awesome, and I highly recommend. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about this episode. You're about to hear my chat with the Neve trio who taught me all about Astor Piazzolla, who, long story short, brought tango music to classical music, or maybe vice versa. It's a great story about somebody who broadened the scope of the genre. Speaking of broadening the scope of things, if you're a regular listener, consider broadening the scope of our subscribers by adding someone very important, you. Make sure to rate and review us wherever you listen. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Classical Classroom is sponsored by Maestro Classics, which now offers orchestral scores and parts for rent. This is actually really cool. They've got arrangements for narrator and orchestra, and if you're trying to get the youngins in your life into classical music and they think that listening to me is soups boring, you can rent these scores for at-home family concerts and you can get the kids in on the music. You can also use these for whole orchestras if you just happen to be a conductor. And they've got the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Juanita the Spanish Lobster, a one-hour edition of the Nutcracker Ballet, and if you want to hear something else, you can also send Maestro a message about that. Check them out at maestroclassics.com. And now on with the show. There's a rumor going around that classical music can be hoity-toity. But here in the classical classroom, we beg to differ. Beethoven 5. <laughs> the idea that classical music is a zone where we have to feel restricted or we have to act in a certain way, you know, that's not going to be helpful going forward. <laughs> Isaiah is shaking with excitement oh, here. I mean, there's just so many great parts of the opera. He asked me to play his favorite spot in the first moon of the Brahms. And then he said, I started using those licks in my guitar solos. How to be classical music rock stars because there's not enough of that in this business. Occasionally I would plug in the mandolin to my distortion pedals. <laughs> I don't change my voice. I'm talking to classical I, music. Voice. <laughs> I'm playing classical music now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the same 12 notes. That's what's so cool about it. I'm Daisha Clay, a classical music newbie, and I'm trying to learn all I can about the music. Come learn with me and the classical music experts I invite into the classical classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Classical Classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and joining me today are all three members of the Neve Trio, violinist Anna Williams, cellist Misha Veselov, and pianist Iri Nakamura. Uh, the trio has been together since 2010 to much acclaim, and they've recently done an album called Celebrating Piazzolla, which I'm celebrating by asking them <laughs> to teach me all about Piazzolla today. Guys, welcome to the program. Thanks Thank you so, so much. much. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who is this Piazzolla character, and why do you want to celebrate him? Oh my gosh! Well, he was pretty incredible guy. He's the reason why we know tango as much as we do because he, native of Argentina, he was obviously growing up around the milongas and tango, and uh, which was milongas was the, the essentially the event that people came to and danced tango, and usually it was in sort of a CD bars and kind of places where you wouldn't necessarily go, um, you know. Um, 
unless you want to go to the bar. Uh, but what Pizzolo <laughs> did, he brought tango to concert stage and made it sort of about the music, not just about the dance. He mm-hmm. himself was heavily trained classical composer, and he went to study with Paris in Paris with Nadia Boulanger, who was one of those huge figures in classical music pretty much everybody in 20th oh, yeah. century the six degrees of Nadia Boulanger in classical music <laughs> someone always somehow studied with her um, so so Pizzol was one of them and he uh, wrote a lot of music for film and she was the one who told him the tango is something you really are you really connected to that and that's you your should, voice you should use your voice and you should write in that medium and that's what he did he took his classical music training and applied it to tango and basically made it what is now known as nuevo tango so and and nadia boulanger just from from what i recall she was sort of a she she was like a musician in her own right but but she and a composer right and but mm-hmm. but she was mostly known for training mm-hmm. and and teaching right mm-hmm. yeah. right yep I learned something, yay! Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's really interesting. That's kind of a big leap to make in mm-hmm. a world before it was sort of a done thing to cross genres for her Absolutely. to suggest, hey, like, you know, don't, don't try to be something that you're not. Like, take the music mm-hmm. that you know, and 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 use that. Absolutely. When you're yeah, and I think she really encouraged him to sort of use his, uh, what she felt was his kind of uh, most authentic self, his most authentic voice. Um, sign of a great teacher. Yeah, yeah, right. To encourage that, yeah. That is, that's like so much fun. Like I can clearly hear the Argentinian influence in there, but, but like, I don't know if it's what I would think of as classical music. So how did this go over? Was like, did people like it? Did they think that it was crazy? Were people like, yay, classical music needs a dance component? (laughs) Uh, I think it's a great question. I think the the uh, from Tango's side actually he he was pretty controversial because it's such a traditional form in Argentina and the people who you know absolutely idolize him and he's hugely known in in Argentina. Uh, he's a huge celebrity and always was during his life. But there are also people who hated him because they thought he took you know was authentic to Argentina and basically made it popularized it. So he was kind of a controversial figure in that way. Hmm. Um, and I think classical yeah. music. There's unfortunately, I would say, there's a lot of people who look down at Beatles music and think it's lesser than some. And I I vehemently disagree with that. I think, think it's, it's crazy. So so <laughs> well written and so. He really 
it does this amazing combination of having the structure and and the training of being such a you know a finely trained composer. We mentioned he studied with Nadia Boulanger, but also he combines it with that authenticity. You know, he obviously like lived and breathed this music, and it was just in his blood. Yeah. So I think I think it's this really remarkable combination of the two kind of worlds the trained and the and the sort of in your in your guts kind of authenticity with a lot of freedom as well he allows for a lot of freedom he modeled that in his performances which you can you can still hear today so i, I yeah i think it's a, i agree with Misha. i think it's his work is just remarkable and allows for so much i think on top of that his music calls for classical virtuosity as you can hear in the cello and violin solos and mm-hmm. the you know the passion of tango yeah well you know and you and you're bringing up instruments that that brings to mind the fact that that like he's got some pretty interesting instruments in his music that aren't necessarily thought of as mm. as classical mm-hmm. can you talk about that a little bit well, he, his own band included violin and cello often and piano, but it also mm-hmm. included electric guitar and bandoneon, which is Argentinian accordion, essentially. Wow. Um, yeah, so he I didn't know he, about the electric guitar. That's yeah, crazy. he used electric guitar quite often, and actually, the Four Seasons that recording that we the piece on our recording was actually there's a recording of Pizzolo's band, and there's a lot of electric guitar solos, and it's not you know your rock band electric guitar, but it's still electric guitar. interesting sounding ensemble. I like the sound of like that that grouping of instruments. So I guess he was using a lot of traditional Argentinian instruments, like maybe stuff that was used in other kinds of music. He didn't shy away from any instrument, whether it was a classical quote-unquote instrument or a popular music instrument. He used he used um, everything. He, he It was kind of his palette, you know, he could do whatever he wanted with it. So I think that's that's a great thing. If it, you know, I mean, it sounds to me like he was he was very much at the fore of this thing that that we just kind of naturally do in music now, which is you know borrowing from other genres, um, blending genres, using instrumentation from other kinds of music in classical music and things like that. Were there other people doing this at the time, or was he kind of like? carving out a path for others to follow um i think there, there were people who did that in a way i mean there was bardic who took music of hungarian villages you know for example mm, and yeah. kodai you know there are people tchaikovsky used folk music in his work uh, so did beethoven i mean there's you know it's it's i think it's always have been around it's just i think tango is just such a radical different uh difference and it's such a strong art form of its own i think that's where yeah. it's sort of what it's more apparent i think in pizzola's music yeah um, i mean i would also say you know wouldn't you agree that like he's taking the music that was so tied to the specific dance yeah. and he was saying that this music it 
it deserves just as much of a listen as anything else, you know, as any other mm-hmm. great works. And so he's sort of ushering Nuevo Tango. He he provided that sort of I don't know platform of saying of saying no that this music you can hear it in a bar you can hear it when you're when you're um, at a tango performance but also it, you could also hear it and rightfully so you should be able to hear it on a concert stage it should be programmed it's similar with Johannes Strauss who did with Vals yeah <laughs> 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 a different art form yeah. so Piazzolla kind of kind of lent this music like a certain legitimacy and put this sort of stamp of of um, importance I think some circles would say that. that is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he... I wouldn't say that one's more legitimate than the other per se, but I would say that he, you know, he introduced it to a wider audience, for sure. Okay, a, yeah. A different, yeah. A different audience. More yeah. like, this is music to be taken seriously. Yeah, like, that's right. totally. Just, Absolutely. just the music of, of, like, plebs. This is real stuff that you should... <laughs> that's true. Right, exactly. To. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. taking a time out for my interview with the Neve Trio to tell you about our fabulous website. It's at classicalclassroomshow.com, and you can find all of our episodes there, including more interviews about people like Piazzolla, who revolutionized classical music. You can also connect with us, download free lesson plans that go along with a lot of our episodes, and there's an electronic tip jar where you can make a one-time or recurring gift for any amount you like. We won't send you a tote bag, but we will thank you in the next episode in song. Just look for the button that says tip jar in the upper right-hand corner, or if you're on a mobile device, the little hot pink thingy. By the way, our friends at New Y made this amazing website, and they can make a super cool website for you, too. They can also help you promote it and your business. For more information about New Y, go to classicalclassroomshow.com NW. That's N as in new and W as in Y. And now back to my conversation with the Neve Trio. So in listening to his music, Piazzolla has these really unique sounds. And you guys have um, recorded an album of his work. When I listened to your music, to your album, I heard things that I'd never heard in a traditional string trio. Do you, could you play some, could you tell me about some examples of that? Well, I, I think they all have their own little things that are that so different. And, you know, they, they definitely, um, as Eric pointed out earlier, the sort of virtuosity of all our parts have so many moments that are very virtuosic, but they're also different extended techniques for all of us. We have, um, and we actually had the privilege of working with Leonardo Suarez Paz, who is arranger for the songs on the album. And there's mm, actually yeah. the last track on the album is his original song. And, uh, 
it's uh, you know it was such such an incredible experience because he grew up around Pizzolo mm-hmm. because his father was a Pizzolo's original violinist. So he grew up wow. literally living and breathing that music and actual actual <laughs> Pizzolo's performances. And yeah. um, when he worked in arrangements, he actually had manuscripts of a lot of Pizzolo's music. And and Pizzolo actually believed in arrangement, and he thought that his music has to be you know transformed in different instrumentations and he thought that's that's the whole point essentially mm. so leo he introduced us to a lot of different techniques and ways to to emulate some sounds and Anna, do you want to talk a little bit about that um sort of the yeah i mean i think you know so as misha mentioned i think that the overall effect was that we were trying to sort of emulate that kind of energy and vast amount of colors that uh piazzola would get from his live performances yeah. like misha mentioned you know we had this amazing opportunity to work with leo who would coach us on sort of specific tools and specific strokes uh, so things in the string sections like a chara which is sort of this funny way of using the bow where you're playing on the wrong side of the bridge so it sounds almost oh. like insects that's kind of the idea it's supposed to bring to mind the feeling of you know creepy crawly bugs that are you know maybe making you itch So there's the chichara, and then there's the tambour, which is sort of this percussive, um, very specific kind of pizzicato that he has the strings do. And then there's the latica, which is sort of this whip. You sort of whip the bow, and you at the same time you're sort of doing a really fast glissando or really fast slide up the fingerboard. So things like that, and I'm sure, Ari, you can talk about these the exciting things he had you do with the piano. Sure. For in El Titere, uh, there's a part that um, I need to slap the piano lid to make <laughs> the sound of the gunshot. And then, you know, like, uh, play the lowest part and the highest part with my fists on the what? piano. And then, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, getting shot and dead, you know? <laughs> So, you know, I did things like that. And in spring, I had to tap the piano, uh, the stand, the part, uh, the, mm-hmm. yeah, of the piano. And it was so much fun. So we all played a lot of different roles, which I think... In the spirit of Piazzolla, where he would have a lot more than, you know, three members, we were trying to sort of emulate that bigger band sound as much as we could. And having Leo as our guiding force and just kind of soaking up his energy and that kind of authentic, I mean, really authentic spirit that he that he brought to the project. It was really exciting. Yeah. This is amazing. You guys, <laughs> thank you so much for, for teaching me about this today. I had no idea. <laughs> About like I've, I've heard a few pieces before, but but this was um, I, I learned so much today, like and a million new terms about Boeing. <laughs> Great. Uh, Anna, Misha, and Erie of the Neve Trio, thank you so much for being on the Classical Classroom today and schooling me about Piazzolla. <laughs> Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. 
Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. CLA, rest assured that we'll see you real soon. SSR, are you sure you want to stop listening? OOM, that's, that's all the letters. I'm going to stop now. Um, if you want to keep listening, just go to our website at classicalclassroomshow.com. You can listen to everything we've ever done. You can also follow us on all the social media platforms, or you can just send us an email at classicalclassroomshow at gmail.com. And now, listeners, a very special segment of the podcast that we like to call our Heroes section. Yes, these are listeners who have gone online and have given a financial gift to the program. You too can be thanked in song in an episode of the podcast, though it occurs to me as I say that, that perhaps that would be a deterrent for some of you. And if that's the case, I just want you to know, my silence can be bought. Anyhow. Did you ever know that you're a hero? We'd like to give a big thanks to Jan and Dave, who just became recurring donors to the show. That's right, every month we'll get a little gift. Steve Lazarus, we want to give you a big thank you too. Thanks, Steve. But you are the wind beneath our podcast wind. Thanks today to the home of Classical Classroom, King FM in Seattle, where we will definitely take care of that pile of mail super soon. Thanks to our birthplace, Houston Public Media. Thanks to our official bingo hall, Bingo Bronson's, where you win by just being there. Thanks to the Neve Trio for being on the show. Thanks to me for saying words. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time.